0: Okay, so tonight, Be'ez Sashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of shirim on the teachings and the Torah of Rav Yitzchak Meyer Morgenstern Shlita. And tonight, the shir is going to be titled, Mediated Immediacy. Now, Mediated Immediacy is my rough translation or my conceptual translation of a concept that comes out very clearly in the writings of Rav Yitzchak Meyer. And it's based on previous Mekubalim, in particular the Ish as well as the Vilnagon, as well as the Leshem, but nevertheless, Revit Shemeyer is Mahadesh to use that word delicately, a lashon based on a Medrash Chazal that brings about a turn or a renewal of understanding in the sugya that we're going to be discussing. But before anything, before I start teaching what Ravitchemayer, Shemeyer Stern, according to my humble opinion, is describing throughout multiple places in his writings, like any other shir, the makoros that we base this on are particular sources that are chosen out of a klal. Everything that is said tonight is my estimated interpretation of what Rav Itchemeyer Morgenstern is trying to say. Now, based on the writings of his Talmidim, we have a tfisa, we have a clee to hold on to, and osnayim la Torah, something that gives us handles to grab hold of the Torah of the tzaddik. But nevertheless, the limited understanding of the reader of these writings myself, and my limited ability to convey what Ravitcha Meyer is trying to say, make it ever important for me to express that these are my ideas and not Ravitcha Meyer's ideas, but my interpretation of Ravitcha Meyer's ideas. That being said, what we're going to try and do with tonight's Shear is we're going to try and answer up a fundamental question that emerges out of last week's Shear. What we discussed last week was that that when it comes to grasping the infinite, when it comes to grasping God in its essence, as it's described in the writings of Hasidus, and we showed that for Avitjahmeyer, one of the fundamental clauses or principles that a person must hold in front of their eyes, no matter what they're learning, in the writings of the Arizal or the writings of Maharis Sarug, and the Kabbalah that precedes the worlds of the Arizals, we're going to see in future shirim, or whether we're discussing the Rishonim or the Rishone Rishonim, down to and including the particularized manifestations of Hasidus, a person must always hold in mind the fact that when we speak about Etzem, when we speak about HaKadosh Baruch Hu God itself, God himself, we are always already talking about a revelation that God has placed within the world so that human beings can understand or grasp it properly. But never heaven forfend or God forbid or chas v'shalom are we describing God in and of itself, because that would be tantamount, according to all of the mekubalim, but especially through the emphasis that Ravitcha places, that would be tantamount to the corporealization of godliness to applying limitation and midos and constriction and positive assertions to the concept of the infinite, which would always already be a negation of its infinitude. Because by claiming that God can be grasped, you're claiming that the human mind has the capacity of discerning the truth of infinity, which would already make infinity shayich or related to the finite, thereby taking that infinity of godliness and making it something that is close or related to the finitude or the finite nature of human beings. And therefore, Rav needs to stress very deeply and cautiously to the point that he uses strong lashonos of chas v'shalom, and there's an isur gamer almost, to claim that a person can grasp atsmusa yisvarach, the essence of God, so to speak, in whatever sense that might mean the question that emerges out of this warning or out of this principle is a question that might not bother the minds of the intellect, but it will bother the heart of the sensitive soul. Because on the one hand, we understand the interdiction, the prohibition, the issur that Ravitchamire is placing on describing the essence or grasping the essence of God because of all of the reasons that we described until now. But nevertheless, something doesn't sit right because what we've been taught and what we know so deeply within the heart of hearts, within the penimi, penimius of the yechida, of the nefesh, each and every Jewish child understands and each and every Jew is capable of being Moser Nefesh for the truth that we have a direct connection to Godliness. That when we daven, we daven straight to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And with our emunah, we touch the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and that through our contemplation and through our Hisboididus and through our Hisboinus, whether a person is rooted in the tracks trenched by Chabad chasidus or the tracks opened up, the Shvilman Hassad opened up by Rabbi Nachman and his Tamidim, whether it's through the philosophical and intellectual speculation of the mind, B'derech Hisboidinus, or whether it's through the solitude and the loneliness of personal prayer and the outpouring of the soul that Rabbi Nachman taught us, which is his spoidedness, or whether it's through the avoida of Yechudim that we're going to see the Kamarna Rebbe came to teach us. However you splice it, what we all know deeply is that when we connect to God, we're connecting to God and there's nothing else in the world that we're connecting to. And that when we connect to God, the distinctions between essence and inessential on a certain emotional level falls away. So on the one hand, we have this deep philosophical truism. And when I say philosophical, I don't mean speculative in its own right, but I mean ontological. That when we contemplate the ability of the Jewish individual of the neshama to grasp godliness, it's fundamentally important to remind ourselves day in and day out, moment to moment, that, whatever we speak about, no matter how high along the rungs of the ladder of spirituality that we go, we will never truly reach the apex because there's always room to grow. Yet, on the other hand, on an emotional, almost intuitive, situated level, we understand deeply that when we daven, when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu HaShem Echad, when we say Baruch when we make Birchas HaShachar, when we say a brach of shahakul or when we do a mitzvah, or when we try and fight for a little bit more of emuna in this world, or a little bit more bitachon in our own particular situations, that we're touching the essence of God. That there's no distinctions there of essence and non-essence, or midos or essence, but we're connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and that's all there is to it. Or we're connected to the Rebbeinu the Master of the World, or Hashem, or the ineffable name that can only be described by way of a way that it is not truly written however a person wants to describe it. So what we find is we have this paradox that's held in the heart of every individual, almost between the heart of the mind and the mind of the mind. Because according to the mind of the mind, according to the intellectual capacity of the mind to discern the secrets of eloquence and to penetrate the depths of godliness and to come to a place of understanding that we can never truly understand the essence that stands in contradistinction to the heart of the mind, the lave of the individual, which understands deeply that in spite of all of the interdictions and prohibitions against grasping the essence, there is a place deeply embedded within each and every particular heart that each and every person, in their own subjective situated stance and their relationship with godliness, has a deeply intense and private, and powerful relationship with the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, To the point that our words go directly to Hashem, and not to some, God forbid, intermediary or sira that stands separate and apart, God forbid, from godliness. So the question is, how do we come and align these two paradoxical notions? How do we come and understand the prohibition of grasping the essence and the deeply lived emotional sense that we have an intimate relationship with the essence? And that's what this year is coming to talk about. Because what Ravichimay is doing is he's really providing a reading of a medrish based on a pasuk. The pasuk is in Parsha's ha Ve'eschanan, in Perik Dalid, Pasuk Zion. The Pasuk says as follows Kimi goi goddalashirloi kim krovim alav. Who is like this great nation who God stands close to them? Kashem Ka Lokenu, like Kashem our God, b'chol Karenu, a love. Anytime we call out, it's directly to him. So the Medrash on this pasuk, the Sifri on this pasuk, comes and says, A love vilolamidosav. That the pasuk is coming to tell us that when a person reaches out to God, when a person attempts to elevate themselves, even the slightest movement of elevation out of the confines of physical laziness and constriction and heaviness that holds us down to this world. Like Rabbi Nachman says, Every movement that a person engages in to remove themselves or elevate themselves out of their situatedness within the confines of this worldly sluggishness is a direct relationship with a love v'lo it's a direct connection to God himself, so to speak, and not to the Midos or to the traits of godliness. So we have a direct warning based on the Pasuk from the words of Chazal that says that a person must always ensure that they hold in mind that their relationship is directly towards God and not, God forbid, to the Midos or the traits or the worlds or the Sviros or the Patsutim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created and revealed himself through. But on the other hand, we have a fully expressed statement in Chazal, which describes, can a person come and really cleave to God himself? Can a person truly come and have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch himself? Halo, Ish Ochlo. Won't a flame consume him like Nadav Again, highlighting what we saw last week from Rav that how can we possibly claim that we can have a direct relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his essence? Isn't it impossible for an individual to cleave to the essence? Isn't the essence of the infinite already speaking away the possibility of anything finite? Doesn't the possibility of reaching God in its essence, so to speak, already annihilate any conception of selfhood or subjectivity that stands alone and separate from godliness? Halo, Eish Won't a flame consume him? Is it even possible to conceive of grasping the essence? And Chazal's statement there is that, Ella hadavik b'midosov. You're right, a person can't connect to God himself. A person can't connect to the etzim of God. A person can't grasp the essential nature of the infinite because we are always going to be finite and the infinite will always be infinite. And like we said last week, Kedushasi No matter how holy you have become, no matter how high along the rungs of spiritual development you have reached, a person will always already be wanting and lacking and chaser, because relatively speaking, no matter how high we go, there's always an infinite level that we can raise ourselves. Ad Ein Sof. So we have this conceptual distinction or paradox in statements of Hazal, that on the one hand, a love, a person has to cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not to his traits and not to those things which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created. But on the other hand, connecting to the essence is an impossibility, both on a psychological level, which reminds us that we always have to yearn for more, even when we feel we've accomplished, that even when we reach a level of satiety and a satisfaction, we always have to be the chisaron that animates that satisfaction to bring the lack that animates our constitutes our subjectivity into that sense of fullness so that we never become satisfied and that we always yearn for more, even in our state of satisfaction. And on an ontological level, which states that a person who is created and finite can never truly reach the recesses and the depths of the infinite. And this is where Rav Itchemeier comes along and he offers a locution or a formulation or a lushon that, as far as I am aware, as far as I am aware, is not found anywhere else. Now, again, Ravit Shemeyer is not, God forbid, creating his own model of understanding the words of Chazal or the words of the Torah or the words of the Arizal. But Ravit Shemeyer is basing himself on the history, on the entire trajectory of Kabbalah. And this is one of the unique chidushim of Ravit Shemeyer, that he's never being machadesh anything. He's always being mitlabesh. Everything that Ravitchemayer says is garbing a previous tzaddik who came and said something similar. So all of Ravitchemayer's words, depending on which zerem or which stream you choose to point out, which all unified to create the Yam HaChachma. And in my humble opinion, one of the novelties is that while other tzaddikim have shown particular streams that lead to the sea, Ravitchemayer has created multiple streams that lead to the Yam to show that there is this all-encompassing grasp of the Torah, which says, at the end of the day, kol torah kulahu inyan achas, that the entirety of the Torah and the entirety of all of the opinions that create the distorted voice of machlokes create a shalom that is greater than the possibility of one singular voice, that whichever way you look, whether you want to trace it back through the writings of the Rebbe Rashab, back to the Alter Rebbe, and through his students, Rav Aharon of Sterilisk, or Rav Yitzchak of Hamil, or whether you want to bring it through the Terus Chacham, back up to the Shem and Sassan, back up to the Rashash from the Zerim of Sefardi Kabbalah, or whether you want to take it through the writings of Rav Moshe David Vali, back up to the writings of the Ramchal, through the writing, the base Medrash of Padua, or you want to elevate yourself through the writings of the Last generations of Breslov through Rabbi Nasser, and back to Rabbi Nachman, or whether you want to go through the iterations of Kamarna in our generation up to through the Zohar Chai. However, a person wants to look at the writings of Ravitchamayr, including the students of the Gra as well, from the Lashem to Rav Yitzhak Isaac Haver, to Rav Menachem and Mishklov back to the Vilnagon himself. However you want to look at it, Ravit Shemeyer is always rooting what he's saying on previous iterations of Kabbalah. So that it's almost impossible to deny what Ravit Shemeyer is describing in his system of Kabbalah, because to deny or to try and push back against the chidushim of Ravit Shemeyer would force an individual to confront the real textual edifice that exists with all of the previous generations, back to and including the writings of the Rashash, the writings of the Arizal. And what we're not zoichet to as much yet is Revit readings of the Zohar. We don't really see how Revit reads the writings of the Arizal back into the Zohar. It's clear how he reads the Arizal back into the Ramak and back into Rabbeinu Azriel of Gerona, as he learns from his Rebbe of Moshe Shatz. But we're not Zoha yet to how Ravitschemaier reads the Zohar, although he utilizes the Zohar and his Bakis in the Zohar is Adla Haflia. It's not an easy jump to take Ravitshamayer's treatment of the Arizal and move it back to the Zohar, something that Bazar Sashem will be Zoha to. Again, we're talking about a Tzadik who's fifty two years old, who has given us already a twenty five thousand to thirty thousand page library of writings. But what Ravit Shemeyer is being Mahadesh, but also not being Mahadesh based on the tangent we just spoke about is the fact that the way to settle this question, the way to settle the distinction or the paradox between on the one hand the impossibility of grasping essence and on the other hand the fundamental need to always direct oneself towards the essence of God is a taich, is a reading of this medrash. The medrash says, A love v'lo l'midosav. Directly to him and not to his midos, but what Rivitshamayer shows in countless writings, in particular Tafshin Ayin Dalid in his Biur and Hakdamas Sanar, and Tafshin Ayin Aleph in the Mimer, I love v'loy Midosov, Rivitshamayer coins a term which he describes in two different ways, basically textually in two different ways. That the first turn of phrase is a love b'derech midosav. To him by way of his traits, and elsewhere it's described as a love midosov, to him through his traits. Either way you look at it textually, the way that I am more used to or that I feel is expressed more explicitly in the writings is a love biderach midosav. That the way that Ravichamayer comes to settle this paradox is that not only can we not reach a love, we can't directly reach towards the essence. And there's also a prohibition of Avodah Zarah of connecting to his midos or his traits and the revelations that God has created in the world. Tachas v'shalom Davin to a slira or a Partsuf would be tantamount to bowing down to Avodah Zarah as the Meforshim and the Rishonim have described. What Revit Shemeyer does is he parses his way in a middle path which is Kedarecho Bakodesh which says that a love B'derech Midosev that yes we have the direct relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a love directly to the etzim of a Baruch Hu, directly to the inner essence of what it means to be a ma'amin, of what it means to be an individual who has emuna and bitachon and is capable of being Moser Nafsham and giving themselves over to what they believe is holy. And that any moment that we daven a word or we make a bracha with any added intention or attention or kavana, a little bit more than what we did yesterday, we have a direct connection to godliness without any distinctions between essence and non-essence of traits or essential qualities, it's a direct route, directly from the heart of the individual, from the mind of the individual, directly to the creator of the world, Kav That any anxiety that a person has, any moment of sadness or tzabrachinkite, or overwhelmingness, or movement towards Yeyush that a person experiences, when they're mitgaber over it, or when they descend deeply into it to find the hope or the recesses of hope that animate that space, there is a direct connection, an immediacy, an immediacy between the individual and HaKadosh Baruch Hu according to the conjecture of the individual's own heart like Rabbi Nachman has already taught us in the beginning of Sichos Aran, as well in multiple places in Lekutin and Rabbi Itchemeyer echoes throughout his writings in Shal Shudas and the Chachmal and Afshachal, that each and every person has a deep understanding of what it means to connect to Hashem, the Uva Atzmo, within the recesses of their own heart, Yet, nevertheless, it's almost impossible to convey to another individual, not almost impossible, it's impossible to convey to another individual what exactly it is that I believe in. Now, yes, we have the Yud Gimel and we have the Svivum and the Makifim and the surrounding lights that codify and define exactly what it is we believe in. Yet, nevertheless, when it comes down to the deep innermost singular point of subjectivity that exists within the recesses of each and every individual heart, there is an impossibility of conveying to another individual exactly what we are describing or what we are connecting to. Now, it's important to keep in mind that this impossibility of describing to another individual what it is that we believe in, or what we have a in, or what we connect to in our moments of darkness, or why we're being moser nefesh, or why we're giving ourselves over to things beyond ourselves, or why we're willing to uproot ourselves from spaces of comfort for the sake of something bigger, this is not because of a deficiency within the individual, but it's because constitutive to the Inherent relationship between the subject and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, between each and every particular neshama and their own particular understanding of the infinite God, it's constitutive that I cannot describe it to another person. That it's not something that can be captured by osios. It's not something that can be contained within verbiage or the confines and the materiality of letters or words. It's something that is totally in the desire of the heart, which reaches even higher than the conjecture of the mind, as we're going to see a statement that is attributed to the Zohar at the end of this year. I cannot convey to another individual what it is I believe in, or what it is that I'm connecting to. But nevertheless, it remains fundamentally true that anytime I experience anything in this world, any movement, as the Baal taught me, I have a direct connection, a love. I have an immediate connection with God. Yet nevertheless, that connection is always through the mediated experience of Midosav that when I grasp the essence, it's only by way of the inessential. When I grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's only through the revelatory garments and midos and traits and sviros and partsufim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has disclosed himself in and through to create this worldliness. So that through this textual emendation that Revit Shemayar applies to the words of Chazal, or an interpretation of Chazal that he draws down from the Mekubalim that preceded him, in particular in this sugya, the B'nishchai, in the beginning of his Sefer, Das Tvunos, as well as the Gra in his parish on Safedit Snyusa, as well as in his parish on the Heikhalos of the Zayar and Parshas Sparishis and Pekudei, the direct and immediate relationship with godliness is specifically through the mediation of the Midos that HaKadosh Baruch has revealed himself in. So that both paradoxical statements of Chazal that we began this discussion with remain true at the end of the day. Yes, the interdiction against moving directly towards the infinite essence stands in its place. It's prohibited, it's usur for an individual to claim that I have a direct relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bechavadu without any Midos, without any Levushim, because that's tantamount to the corporealization or applying Midos and limitations to the infinite. By claiming that the finite can touch the infinite, there's claiming that the finite can eventually become the infinite, Chas v'shalom. On the other hand, we have the deep cloud, the deep principle that says any time we utter a word, any time we move, any time we have any thought in the heart or in the mind, it's a direct relationship with the essence of God, not chas v'shalom, a relationship with some sort of intermediary, God forbid. And the way that Revit describes and settles this machlokas, or settles this paradox, is saying that on the one hand, the only access that we have to God the only access that we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is through the revelations through which the Infinite revealed Himself in this world, and that includes all of the worlds of Adam Kadmon and Atzilus and Bria, Yitzira and Asiya, and all of the Syros of Keser, Chachma, Bina, Chesed, Gurat Faris, Netzach, Hoy, and Malchus, and all of the Partsifim of Atikyoimin and Erech and Abba Ve'ima Iloi and Yisroos Abba and Zer Anpin and Malchus. All of those things are contained within the word Midosav, Everything that we see, the veil of existence, the worlds, the materiality of the worlds, the Torah, the tvila that we have, the liturgy that we contain, our emotional veils, the personalities that we encounter, the difficulties that we go through, all of that is contained within the concept of midosav, the measurements through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself in. And that's the only access that we have to God. But it's specifically when we engage in His Midos when we engage and we attempt to connect to what Hashem has revealed to us in this world, then miraculously and simultaneously, we are touching the essence of God. That there is an immediacy. Immediacy implies that there is no separation. There's no distinction. There's no duration. There's no partition separating me and the infinite God. There's an immediate relationship. Nothing stands between us no need for mediation. On the other hand, mediated implies that there's a go-between, that there's something essentially separate between me and my Creator. And the chiddush of Ravit here, which is really the chiddush of the Ariza, which is really the chiddush of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which is really the chiddush of the Torah itself, as we see in the Pasuk and Devarim Dal Zion, is that even though the only access that we have towards God is by way of mediation, is by way of his midos, is by way of the worlds that God has created for us, is by way of the tzimtzum and by way of constriction and by way of concealment and by way of the veil of reality that blocks us and occludes us from ever truly grasping the true nothingness of existence, the nothingness of our own egos. Nevertheless, even though we're stuck within that mediated state of arrested development, of having not been able to move beyond the confines of this worldliness, nevertheless, when we access that place, we also touch, by way of the miraculous koyach of the Pela Elyon, of the wondrous, paradoxical way that HaKadosh Baruch has revealed himself to us, that it's specifically when we engage in the Migos, when we learn Torah, when we Daven, when we look at the world in all of its fallenness, when we engage with ourselves in all of our emotional disruption, and we engage in our relationships with all of their Bilbulim, and we have all of our doubts in our Sveikos, it's specifically when we touch those experiences that we have a direct relationship with the infinite essence itself. But because we cannot touch the essence itself without way of mediation, we can never truly describe how it is that we touch the essence. All we know is, like the Balatanya says, that when a person goes out to hug the king, they don't come back crying because they only got to hug the clothing of the king. That a person understands that the power of the king is that the essence of the king is revealed within the garments themselves that in spite of the fact that we can never touch HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the only thing we have access to are the Midos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, nevertheless, contained within those Midos, contained within those descriptive manifestations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and those revelatory powers or strengths that Hashem has revealed in this world, we gain access to the infinite by way of the finite. It's specifically in our engagement with the Gavul. It's specifically with our deep and abiding awareness that we exist within the finite space of limitation that can never move fully beyond itself, that we're capable of touching the infinite that animates the finite. It's specifically that Koya HaGvul, that power of limitation, that when we recognize that that power of limitation is also a revelation of the unlimited, that the Koya is also a symptom of the infinite. Because to deny finitude or finite manifestation from the infinite is already tantamount to denying the true infinitude of it, like we saw throughout the writings on Rav Kook and the Leshem and the Shiram Addiction in the name of Rabbeinu Azriel. That when a person realizes that all of finite manifestation is simply an expression of the infinite, when we touch the finite expression of the infinite, we're also touching the infinite. Like the Balshemtov teaches us, and Ravit Shemayor uses this so often to prove his point, Hatoyfes chelak min somebody who touches a part of the essence, Toyfes ha'taetzem kulo, is touching the entirety of the essence. That even when we're stuck in the pratiyut, when we're stuck in the particularity of this worldliness, and make no mistake about it, particularity means on an individual level all of the symptoms of what it means to be a human being. This is once again where I want to pause and say that what I'm trying to also do with Ravit Shemeyer's Torah is show the therapeutic value in it. Is show how not only are these speculative concepts or insights meant to explode the mind in their creativity and their ingenuity, but they're also meant to allow the mind to access the heart, so that we can live life with a little bit more amuna, a little bit more Minucha nefesh, a little bit more sadas, to be a little bit more ragua, to have a little bit more settledness in our lives. That that is the ikar tachlis of ratzakadushbar kol yos lo bediro betachtonim. That a Baruch Hu wanted his Torah to leave that elevated space of the celestial realms and become something that is applicable to the individual in their lowly state. And Revichamayr describes this in multiple places that the Koyach Sadik is to be above and below at once. And the story he likes to quote to prove this as a source text is what the Tzema Tzedek brings down in the name of the Balatanya, in the name of the Magid that it was specifically by Mincha on Shabbos, on Arab Shabbos, that Hasidim would come to talk to, to the Baal Shem Tov about things that were breaking their heart, about the difficulties of what it meant to be a Jew, of the difficulties of what it meant to hold on to faith, of the difficulties of what it meant to move beyond the self, to stop being so saturated with ourselves, to stop being so afraid of our potential, to stop being so stuck in our need for affirmation but rather to move beyond ourselves, it was specifically there when those Chasidim were talking to the Baal Shem Tov, that he was capable of experiencing the deepest yichud. Because the only godless of a tzaddik is when they're able to be in two places at once, above and below. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like the Katskar says, has enough tzaddikim, has enough malachim, rather. What he wants is human beings who are capable of being down here in this world. And it's specifically by being in this world that we're capable of touching the next world. It's specifically through the limitation and the vessels of midos, of measurement, of the traits that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has revealed to us so that we as finite creatures could connect to the infinite. It's specifically through that space that we have the capacity of touching the infinite, that it's specifically a love, it's reaching towards the infinite by way of immediacy without distinction, but specifically in the distinction. Only when we access the interruption between us and God can we access the true connection that reveals retroactively that even the interruption was part of our relationship with God. Again, it's only when we reach for the infinite through the finite manifestation of God that we're capable of realizing that even the finite manifestation of God is nothing but a new iteration of the infinite nature of godliness. So that the simpsum and everything that descends out of the simpsum, down to the lowest level of gavuros and severity that we experience, and the existential thisness of our individual lives is also touching the Yesha Amiti, the true somethingness, like the Mitlarebah whose Yogin site whose yardside is coming up and whose day of and whose day of redemption is coming up. And there's a chassid of Ravitshamayer. There's a chassid of who very recently published a cuntras about the Mitlarebi, a beautiful cuntras about his life, and Revit Shemeyer is excited about it and this and this Torah of the Mitle Rebbe has to be revealed and Baas Hashem I'm going to share it it's specifically in the space of the yesh of somethingness of this world of being in this world stuck in the limitation of this world that we have the capacity of touching the yesha amiti the true something capital s something the true somethingness of the infinite creator now this secret this paradoxical truth that it's a love bidarah midosav that it's specifically through the way of mediation, through the way of distinction and distortion and particularity, that we touch the unified whole that stands beyond particularity. This is what Ravichamaya refers to based on the letter from the Balatanya in the Lashon of the Zohar HaKadosh as the Raza de Mehimnusa, the secret of faith. Because it's irrational. From a rational perspective, the human being can never have access to the essence. <laughs> The intellect can never grasp godliness. But on a super rational level, by way of Ruusa de liba, by way of the emotions and the conjecture and the desire of the heart, which penetrates and shatters and annihilates the ceiling created by the intellect, a person can live with that paradox that on the one hand, I'm stuck in limitation. Yet on the other hand, it's only in that limitation that I have the capacity of touching the Unlimited that it's only by being a human being that I could truly cultivate that sense of amuna. It's the secret of faith which demands there to be a concealment. Without concealment, there's no raza Mehemnusa. There's no need for emunas habalelos. And as we said, the entirety of Ravit project is to simply teach that the more amuna a person has, the higher they elevate themselves on the rung of Avoida, to the point that they recognize that all there is, is emuna all the way up. All there is is the malchus, which is Amuna, which is eventually going to be revealed as we're going to see next week, Bezra Hashem, in the Ra Isida, in the unknowable head, the highest place in the Seder Artalshlus. And so Ravichemeyer calls this impossible paradoxical relationship between finitude and the infinite between the traits and the measurements and the concealment that HaKadosh Baruch has placed in the world, and the infinite that stands above that confinement and that measurement and minimization of godliness, that it's specifically in that paradox and that secret of faith that we can never truly understand, which gives us access to God. And this is why Rav Itchemeyer points out something profound, that we know that when we talk about HaKadosh Baruch when we talk about God, the essential name, the Shem Ha'etzem, is going to be the Shem Yudke Vavke, the four-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which as we discussed in the second and third and fourth shir, represents HaYehoi VeVihieh, that which was in the past, that which is in the present, and that which will be in the future when things revert back to the way they were in the past, which taught us about that Teisefes Kishut, that additional adornment, that added benefit, that the infinite benefits from Kavyechul through descending through the finite, to show that even the finite is infinite, like we're discussing tonight. And it's that name, that Shema Etzen, that name that we're not allowed to pronounce until the infinite, infinitely regressed future, until that future that stands ever beyond our human conception of temporality, that will only come like the Lubavitcher Rebbe taught us by hesachadas, in a state of mindlessness, because any time we're attempting to contemplate the arrival already says that we have no access to the arrival. It's only when we lose hope in the arrival that the arrival can possibly come, the Hesachadas, Hadas, that that name that cannot be uttered until the eventual arrival, the arrival of Mashiach, the arrival of Tikkun, the arrival of Yichud, is also the name that represents the parts of, that's referred to as Zer Anpen. This world that we live in, the lowly souls of human beings, of the Jewish people in this world, so the essential name also represents the name that is stuck in the confines of limitation, stuck in the confines of the Midos and the world that HaKadosh Barucho has created. But this is specifically, Rav Meyer says, exactly what he's trying to say. That the truth is that the only thing we have access to is the Midos. The only thing we have access to is the parts of, of Zerantin. Is that space of Torah and Tfila and the worlds that HaKadosh Baruch has revealed to us, and the measurements through which godliness is reduced to the point that it becomes palpable to the human tongue. Yet nevertheless, it's those limitations themselves that hold on to the Shem Ha'etzem, Because the essence is disclosed specifically through the inessential. Because the infinite is disclosed specifically through the finite. Because that which cannot be contained in words is specifically held within the words themselves, to the point that it's a Raza the Mehem nusa it's a secret of faith that we hold on to so deeply that when we access the Torah, that when we read the words barashis bara that when we davanshmana estray, that when we say a shahakal, that when we have emunah, when we have pitachon, when we try and bring shalom bayis, when we try and raise our children, when a person tries to look at a world that is shattered and broken and on fire and hold on to a belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we are not only moving through the mediation of the Midos, but we are touching the essence of godliness, so that that moment is transformed into the fullest expression of what it means to be in neshama, that is that is connected to the infinite. It's specifically in this world, in all of our confinement, in all of our limitation, in the midos, that we have access to the unlimited. That is the secret of faith. That is the raza de the And I said earlier that next week we're going to discuss Malchus that is rooted in Resha da, but it's not true. Next week we're going to discuss the way that this is experienced. The words that are very often used to describe this experience are Ratzah Vishov, of running and returning. Or mati velomati of touching and not touching, or satisfaction and desire, or yearning or chuka and yichud and unity, and we're going to see next week. Bezras Hashem, how for of all of those dualities or those binaries in truth take place in the secret of faith, which is simultaneity—that they're happening at once. That it's specifically when we touch the removal from light that we actually have access to light. It's specifically in our hunger that we access satisfaction. And as we're going to continue to see that the series of shirim that we're discussing of my interpretation of Ravitchi is building itself up to show how all of his Torah is one singular idea.